Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. Kelly and I will be exploring our relationships with our bodies from childhood and adolescence when we were athletes through motherhood and discussing our journey of body compassion. This is Jessica. This is Kelly, the Chasing Brighter podcast. Hey, Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm doing good. Um, How are you, Jess? Good. Any fun, exciting things going on? I wasn't convinced with your response that you were doing good. Um, just a lot. Hectic, hectic schedule. Um, seems like there's always something going on. It's just one of those days where I feel like I'm getting a lot of text messages from random things that I'm working on that it's like everything is happening at once. Um, so I'm always feeling like this ball of stress. And also if I have a random slowed response, it's because I'm letting the grocery guy in to get my groceries delivered, which is an amazing convenience in the world. Yeah. I was going to say that's a a one thing that helps stress reduction, having the groceries delivered. I was going to say, I feel a lot recently that my text messaging is like my email at this point. Agreed. You know, it's just more things to do and I'm terrible and I'm afraid to click read because then they'll know I read it. And then if I read it, I feel pressure. I think a lot of people have these high expectations that you will respond within 20 to 30 minutes. And that's when I work because I work a condensed day, I work back to back to back. And so I will not be able to respond sometimes for 45 hours. I had my haircut by um, my gal, Ashley, who I love, who is also from Kansas. I don't know if you ever remember me talking about her, but she's my Chicago, Kansas girl. And um, she's running her own business and she has her own like little office suite. And she was just saying how she just got her own suite before she just had like a one day a week rental from a friend. And so now she has more scheduling space and she said she'll be with a client and if she has back to back, she'll finish out a couple clients and then she'll check her texts and she'll have like 20 text messages from clients wanting to schedule. And I was like, oh my God. Wow. It is why I texted her and like she didn't call, she didn't text me back for like six hours, but I knew that that was the case. I mean, oh man, it's just one of the, it's like information age where when I get a text, I immediately feel anxiety because I feel like I need to respond right away. Yeah. All right. So I don't have, I'm, I'm stressed too. Uh, what I'm doing to manage my stress is trying to get in that daily meditation, moving my body every day, taking those supplements. Mm -hmm. You had sent me something, some, I haven't been able to find just vitamin B5 or B5 in a complex yet. So I'm on the hunt for that, but got my fish oil back, got the vitamin C back and started some pure ashwagandha from my friend, Mary, who, who, uh, runs, um, warrior wellness supplements. And so trying the ashwagandha, seeing if that's going to help with my cortisol and stress levels. 
Um, you're getting your groceries delivered. Are you trying to do any fun, positive interventions? Um, your B5 situation that you're looking for, I, I take a, um, do, do you know that it can come in different formats? I think I'm talking about B12. What am I taking? I want it to fix that, that it is my, it's warrior strong wellness that I was talking about, but, um, B6 and B12 are often together unless the thing that you sent me was a typo and it was not supposed to be B5. I, what are you saying that I gave you though? I don't know what you're talking about, by the way. Oh, it uh, was an you're article. Me feel oh, less special from, because I thought that that was, you were really from Dr. Car- from Dr. Carnahan. I did read that. Okay. They I g- gave you, you all the things. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. It was like a, a Instagram story slideshow. Yes. And it was yes, like yes, feeling yes. stressed. Try these things. And it was all in line with supplements I already had, but had slacked on taking and things I know to do. So it was just really reinforcing all the things I'm supposed to be doing. But I was asking you what you're doing for your stress and you are strapped to too many devices to focus today. (laughs) I got my other, I have two grocery rounds coming. Um, (laughs) I'm exercising regularly and um, using alpha stem haven't used it today, but that's a good one too, is just taking some time on that. How's your meditation, friend? Um, it's not happening. Yeah, that has been really helpful. And also I have that I keep morning hearing. guided meditation. I need med- to just do it. Yeah, morning I mean, guided I meditation. Used but to, but- you can meditate like before bed and just lay down and try to do some of the things. Yeah. Even if it's a two minute meditation, you fall asleep. There's the intention there. And I call that a win, Kelly. I for sure do. I think any small bit helps. I mean, I keep, um, you know, as we all do, we know that meditation is really a cure-all. It is. I know people want to be like, and I was one of those people that was like, I tried meditation. I wouldn't say it, it didn't, I wouldn't say it didn't work for me, but like, I didn't think meditation was for me, but now I'm one of those weirdos that thinks it fixes everything. So. The other thing I like about meditation is the mindfulness part, which is also helping me be more grateful. And it, it also helps contribute to happiness. And I know we're going down a rabbit hole that we maybe always go to. So um, I think the moment you can take a, take a pause and like evaluate what's going on and be like, I have a great life and I love these things or whatever those things are to help help you as well. So I, also so I don't think-, think everyone's naturally happy. I think you actually have to like practice gratitude to find happiness. And I think it helps me slow down. I, I, I hope I don't, I'm not asking for feedback, but I hope that I'm just calmer and exude calmness. And that's what I'm pretending is happening as I meditate, that I don't have to be so reactive in this life. Mm. But I could use um, some of that. You know, we're talking about body compassion today. Yes. And I mean, we can start off. With, I found, I love, I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly, but I love Rebecca Scritchfield. I think I found her. She's a registered dietitian. I think I found her being interviewed from another another podcast, but she has a podcast, Body Kindness. And anytime I'm really loving, you know, free stuff, obviously, right? Podcasts are free. Then I want to support that person if I'm really loving what they're putting out there. And so she has a book called Body Kindness and, um, 
from her book, which has a lot of great things in it, a lot of great stuff about loving your body and also the diet culture and why are you dieting? Did a doctor say, Hey, you need to diet for your health. Are you getting feedback from a medical professional that is saying you need to diet or are you just doing that because, um, that's coming from a, a place of not being kind to yourself and loving your body. So anyways, so she has a little quiz that is from Dr. Tracy Tilka and it's a body appreciation scale. So I'll just read the questions and then you can just write down your answers and then we'll kind of see where there's wiggle room for improvement. So one is never, two is seldom, three is sometimes, four is often, and five is always. So number one, I respect my body. One would be never, five would be always, and and in the middle as well. Two, I feel good about my body. Three, I feel that my body has at least some good qualities. Four, I take a positive attitude toward my body. Five, I am attentive to my body's needs. Six, I feel love for my body. Seven, I appreciate the different and unique characteristics of my body. Eight, my behavior reveals my positive attitude toward my body. For example, I hold my head high and smile. Nine, I am comfortable in my body. 10, I feel like I am beautiful, even if I am different from media images of attractive people, for example, models, actresses, actors, etc. The closer your score is to five, the more appreciation you have for your body. Review your low scores. Um, okay, let's go through that. So where were, oh, I'll need to keep, we'll have to find that page again. Um, did you have any ones? No. Well, look at you. That's a win. Did you have some twos? I had one, two. I had, <laughs> okay. I had a one. What was the question on the one? That mm, makes me sad. I feel love for my body. Number six, mm. I feel love for my body. I think as I go through this, it just depends Sometimes my brain is trapped in the nineties with, with like supermodels and what beauty standard was for me, but I do have, um, you know, unfortunately, right. We have experienced the death of family members and have seen people, um, lose their ability, their mobility. And, um, you know, I know people who struggle with chronic illness and disease. And so, and that aspect I do have a lot of moments where I'm really happy that I feel strong and I'm, my body does not limit me in any way. Um, where were, where was a two? You can, you can tell me the number. I can tell you the question. You're two. Um, I was a two on, I feel good about my body. Yeah. Um, I read that as if I think about what would bring me to a five on that is that, um, I am happy with my size and shape and I don't need to make any changes. Um, I put that as seldom. Um, it's like, I'm never happy with my body, you know? And I don't think I ever was like happy with my body. And then you look back and then you realize you should have been happy with your body back then. Cause like, girl, that's going way down. South that is how it, 
it, oh, I, I, I screenshot, I, I follow and I'm going to put this, you know, we're going to have a, a coinciding like blog post with this, but I follow a lot of body positive people on social media. And there's, there's a thing that says like, oh, you know, wanting, right. Wanting, hating your body in the picture. And then, you know, two years later, like you're saying, like you get bigger and bigger or whatever, and you keep hating right, your body. Right. I'm the, I'm a typical person. I have three children and I got bigger with every child. Right. And so you're like, oh my God, I hated my body before kids. I hated my body after the first kid. I hated my body after the second kid. I hated my body. Right. So I'm like, oh damn, if I could be back even after the second kid, can I go back just after the second kid and then be grateful? Yeah. And that does, um, I, and so I was, you know, reading this book and, and she had something in there instead of talking about a shape or a size or a weight saying, I am going to be in the moment. And so when someone's taking a picture, right, I'm going to be in the picture. I'm going to just live in that moment in my body. Does that make sense? Yes. And I scored a two on that same question. And I think, yeah, I'm thinking of size and shape because health wise, right? I feel good. Do you feel good health wise with your body? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now for sure. Um, I think, you know, taking care of one's body is important and I don't do as much as I should in terms of like yoga and stretching and things like that, which I feel like is probably taking care of my body. And I don't do that. Um, which is like, sort of like I should yoga more and I should meditate more, which are, which don't take a lot of effort. Um, I read a should indicates black and white thinking, right. Which can lead to dysfunction because it's like, there's a right and a wrong way to do things. Um, okay. I feel like that's judgmental on yourself. Oh, I'm super judgmental on myself, which is why we're talking about body image. (laughs) (laughs) Any fives let's flip it and look positive. Do you have some fives on that? I'm going to give myself a four and a half on one. I gave myself a five on, I feel that my body has at least some good qualities. I mean, at every moment I can notice it has some good quality. Like for me, I think I'm pretty freaking grateful that I'm mobile, right? Like I can walk and run and jump. Yeah. That's kind of why I love that. I probably could have given myself a five on five, which is I'm attentive to my body's needs, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's like, you're listening to your body. I think that goes with sleep too, right? I yeah. Think sleep's in there. Sleep's in there. That's a good one. Um, I think like number nine, where was that one? I don't know. And it's like, I am comfortable in my body. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I gave myself a four. I mean, like, yeah, I don't really, I think it's sometimes I go ahead. No, you go. Cause I don't know. What I'm Sometimes I'm just so over it. I think it's so stupid and shallow. And we talk about we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And it's like, really, am I like whining about my body? Really? I wish I could just like get over it. I feel like if I can stay physically healthy and continue to feel good through diet and exercise, then that probably should be all. Um, and I should stop beating myself up about, you know, how you look or don't look. I think, you know, the one thing about body image, and I don't know about what the book said was about being self-conscious about a thing, right? So 
it's like, I think generally, you know, it's like, do you appreciate the different unique characteristics of your body? Some things I do, we all like parts about ourselves physically, right? Right. Um, but then there's the other parts that are like, you're self-conscious about. Um, and everyone's self-conscious about different things and everybody doesn't see those things. So for example, right now I can see on the screen, my scalp. I'm super self-conscious about the fact that I feel like my hair is thinning. And because I have like, you know, a scar from like skin cancer surgery on my scalp. And so like, I, I always, if I ever get my hair done, I'm always like, you cannot part my hair down the center. I can't do that because I have a scar right there. And so it's like a bald spot and I hate it. And now the, the, you know, style is to do center parts and I can't ever do one. And like, I have to accept that I can never do a center part. Yeah. First of all, and like you're saying, I don't notice your hair at all. And also I try the center part and I know that that's the thing, but I, I feel that I look so stupid. The center part, I can't even handle it. I'm a nineties kid who needs to have the big flip of the swoosh. Look at my giant hair right now. Like I'm, I'm rocking some nineties vibes. I can't do the flat part in the middle. It feels weird. I don't think it fits my face very well. So I'm, and actually, I'm actually doing it just to support you in solidarity. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it is weird by changing your part, how like, it just makes you look like a different person, you know? Yes. I don't like it. Yeah. It's weird. But like someone, and cause like someone had said, you can tell you're older, like center parts for the young, for those young kids. Maybe that's the case. I do watch TV, like news anchor women, and they're all still doing the side part. Like a lot of them aren't really. And then I like look up how old they are and now they're like my age. Um, so for me, I think a lot of the origins, understanding now full circle being a mother, I can see where my body image struggle started was because we were 18 months apart and I'm a totally different body type than you. And so I was like the same size as you, right? Yes. You were scrawny and petite and we, we were barn. Like I just like was a fat baby and you were like a skinny failure to thrive baby skinny rabbit. <laughs> yes. Um, and it never changed. And like, I would get your hand-me-downs sometimes, you know? Well, and people um, would say, are you twins? And then they would always ask if I were older. They and thought I you were the big sister. And people would yeah. say, oh, you're you're, are you the big sister big? Right. And so for girls, you know, we were raised in a binary world at that time and, you know, our existence seemed that way. And so, so it was like, that was not good to be big. And so even though I wasn't big, right. I felt huge. I Remember felt like something was wrong with me. They people used didn't... to just say that you were big boned. Yeah, people used the, to say that word a lot that? for people like big bone. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it would be like, man, like uncle John would be like, Oh, you know, you're just big bone. Like so-and-so well, that's not helpful. I'm a 13 year old girl. <laughs> well, how does that make you feel like, how do I get like, big bones? What just, does big bones or, mean? or like uncle John told that to his daughter, right. To, to one of his girls at Crystal, he's like right to her. And I was an adult, I think. And he was like, that's why I say you're built just like Jess or something. I'm like, Oh, great. That's I'm sure she really appreciates that. <laughs> um, but I think when I, when we had our boys, cause our, the older, our older boy, my oldest son and your oldest son are four months apart. And I, there was this picture that I'll never forget. I knew that little picture. It's like at Easter and they're sitting in the grass and they each have little bucket oh, the hats. hats on. Yeah. And like Dominic is this dark skinned fat baby. And Wes is like this pa- very skinny pale, funny. skinny baby. And I was like, they are never 
going to have the same bone structure. Right. And so it really was like a light bulb for me. Like when you have a completely different body type and bone structure, like you, like you cannot be waif thin, right? Like I cannot have skinny. I, I don't think this I used to think thing. that Wes was that way. And then I had Beckett. <laughs> um, oh. and I think Wes is bigger than Dom now. I'm, I'm curious. Well, isn't that funny, right? And it's all relative and stupid because yeah, then you grow up and yeah, right. And now Dominic's like super skinny. <laughs> He's yeah. like a, a thin body type. So everyone's body changes too. But like people would say, I remember people saying to them, look at those thighs, look at that, you know, and, and it really made me realize there's a, a wonderful podcast. I love, um, I think it's Heather Robertson, Heather Roberts, uh, half size me. And she talks that she is raising her children to never comment on someone's body. Like you don't say, Oh, you've lost weight. You look skinny. Oh, you're getting big. Like, just don't, don't say anything. Why do do you have to say anything about anybody's body period? And so I think about that and I'm like, I think that's so, I think that's pretty incredible. And to think about that, like, why are you saying, why are we saying anything about anyone's body? Why not talk about your accomplishments or your brain or, you know, like, why are we even, why is it even a conversation? It's like, it is, well, maybe because we're like visual beings in some way. And, but I think it's like getting away from being the judgmental stuff. And we grew up in an environment that was a very judgmental environment. So if you pick up on like, social cues and like your communication skills, how you were raised, that was something that you would say. And I have a hard time when I see people, I haven't seen people in a long time. Some people I see, you haven't seen in a long time. Like, oh my God, so good to see you. Wow. You do look great. And right, I, you, oh yeah, I, I can't do that because sometimes I'm like, do they really, do I, they make it feel, make me feel, makes it makes me feel good, but I feel like they say it in a very sincere way. And if I can do it, that was so good as you. Oh, you look so great. And like, I don't really I feel don't, like I say yeah, it in a sincere I'm way. So I don't think I'm one to pour out compliments. That doesn't feel natural to me to yeah. be like, oh, you look, you know, people go on and on and on. You're like, dude, okay. Okay. The compliments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I'm not that way either. But I do think getting away from looking at people physically is important. And I hear more than your body. We talked about, you know, I mean, I think, I don't think my kids, I think it was much more about being fat and skinny when we were growing up. I don't feel like it's so much that way now. Well, I think the body positivity movement has grown a lot of traction and is incredible. Just as far as size representation, think about in the media and ads on TV, in clothing stores. Kelly, there was a freaking clothing store. I don't know if it still exists called 579. Yeah. Right? That's yes. for, for 579s. Yeah. Right? So I, uh, you know, I don't even know. I remember... <laughs> JC Penny. I remember getting JC Penny catalog and going in the JC Penny thing. And there was a catalog that was called Husky. Did you ever see that? It's called like it was like the Husky size, right? They don't like all that has changed, right? It's just sizes. There's the side of the yes. store, right? Yes. I think they're getting away from that. And like people, because people are really big on that. What's that called? Like size, ex- size inclusivity. Like there was a brand I was asking you about and the brand made it a big deal that they were going to carry all the sizes. 
right? And so not just having. So I think we grew up in a five, seven, nine world. And well, that's I, why I totally like, agree. Oh. Well, there's also like, I don't know, there was the that store Chico's, which is not of our generation necessarily, because I feel like it was like for older women or like maybe people who are more working professionals when we were not. Um, but they had like a one, two, three, four size sizing thing. The whole sizing stuff oh, is really yeah, messed yeah. up. I'm Someone sure there are else books written that. on the psychology yeah. of sizes because like, you know, in UK we're bigger size, we're bigger. It's, it's the same sizing. It's just that you're bigger. So if you're a size right. you know, six, you're a size 10, blah, 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 which is really messed up, which means American retailers, I'm sure that's what happened, right? They like changed the sizing to make you feel like you could wear something smaller where it's really actually the same size, just a smaller number. Um, so, so all those I things. I follow Alex Light, who I think is amazing. And she's a digital creator and she promotes body confidence and fighting beauty standards. And so she will go to a place, get all the same size jeans and lay them out. And even though it's the same brand, same company, women's sizing is completely different, you know, so even, and, and it's not the same for men's sizing. Well, and honestly, I, I would, so you could be, be curious, a, if you did a survey and you asked every single woman in America, well, actually even in the world, if you had two pairs of jeans and they're the exact same style, everything about them, but one was a size smaller than the other, you would buy the smaller size. Like I buy some, I will buy clothes, even if I'm kind of on the fence because I'm like, wow, I didn't know I fit into that size. I'm getting that because that makes me feel good about myself that I can fit into a smaller size. Yeah. And I think I've done a lot of work with that because following like changing, I'm, I'm like, I'm like deprogramming myself and following all of these body positive women and I'll follow, you know, we like the, like the, like to know app and I'll mm -hmm. follow people and there'll be this person that's so gorgeous anyway. So they'll say, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm this, I'm this size. Right. And they look adorable and they're like, Oh, the t-shirt's an XXL. This shirt's a small, this shirt's a large. And it seems to me on, and actually anybody on the like to know app, they'll be like, Oh, this is a large, this is a whatever. And you're like, Oh, well that person's totally beautiful and healthy and wonderful. And they're wearing a small in this picture and they're wearing an XXL in this picture. So what the hell does size even mean anyway? I think that's so that the, helps me. I think I've learned over the years to your point. I mean, I, you can be beautiful at any size and I see people who are beautiful at any size. I also feel like as we get older, for me, I feel like I get like you, I'm not as like my goal for myself. I always say when I like meet with a personal trainer or whatever is to just be lean. It doesn't matter what size you are being strong and healthy. But see to me lean when I hear lean. So what's difficult is I have a large chest. I've I have big boobs. When I hear lean, I think flat chest. Or remember when we worked out all the time and we were athletes and you would do like two push-ups and your arms would be cut and you'd have a, like a line down your stomach yes. when we were in high school. I don't have, I have a completely different body, right? I worked all the time. I was super fit. I was super healthy. I'm not going to be cut. Right. And so it's like, and I have big boobs like those. I mean, I, I guess I could have surgery. Right. But like, to me, that's part of my body that's going to be different, right. Than Absolutely. other. So I don't think I could be lean. Well, but I also I am like, boobs. what am I really trying to achieve? Um, I think at the end of the day, cover model status. <laughs> no, uh, because I also like, I know my body type, you know, it's like, I'm not a supermodel. Hey, I'm by five. Um, so that's not a supermodel status anyway. Um, 
but it's like, and why also- not see what you just said, girl, we need some reprogramming. Yeah. Probably what do you mean that one? Why th- now we're all cover models. That's the whole point. I love that. I think it's amazing. I love that mannequins are changing sizes. I think it, and and I think there, and there's a huge push that weight doesn't equal health and they're not weighing you as much in the doctor's office. Like weight is completely arbitrary. I know a lot of thin people who are incredibly unhealthy and have chronic health issues. Yeah, that's so like true. And also like the whole BMI like, thing is like really wrong anyway, right? That's oh my God. all I thought, Okay, I know I've told this story before, but I thought we, we know that the BMI was like created by someone and has nothing to do with anything. But when Dominic was eight or nine, he was in like pre-competition for gymnastics and he had a six pack and I took him to this doctor who don't worry, we saw her once and she sat down and was going over whatever the vitals. And she goes, oh, look at his, his, his BMI is blah, blah, blah. And according to that, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me. He has a six pack. I said, I'm stopping you right there. I don't believe in the BMI. Look at my son. He has a six pack. We're not doing this, but like, are you? Yes. Yes. There is an obesity epidemic, but yes, the problem with children that have diabetes and pre-diabetes and that's serious, but can you f- look at this child who is dense and heavy and has art, some kind of makeup in which he's super heavy. Like his belly is not flopping over his pants. He's not pre-diabetic like it was the dumbest thing I've ever heard and I never well, saw her again and the thing well, dumb. as much as I think modern medicine is fabulous and helps us all be who we are um it those types of things are based on like a the 2020 census of children um and they just like they they do it based on what they're they're judging you based on a population of people instead of like the fact that like everybody is different. So that's the part that's annoying about all of that is it's like, um, if you're on the 95th percentile, it's because in the 2020 U S census, when they looked at eight year old boys, you know, this was their, like, whatever the medical records, you know what I mean? Like, this right. Was, right. Um, it's just crazy. Cause it's like, wait, I, I think there, there are health issues that can come right? Um, with like, if, if you're not able to be physically mobile due to your weight, um, if you're not able, like if, if you're, if your weight causes you to not be able to live the life you want, then explore weight. Right. But there, there could be a totally different way to address that than just like an arbitrary. It was just interesting to me. Cause he was like, anyway what did she say when you she just didn't really she just just looked at me like I was she probably just was like this woman's completely insane and she just stopped talking about it and I'm also like god you know my people I've seen over the years that their doctor said something about their weight and then caused disordered eating for the rest of their life can you even think about what you're saying let's say Dominic was totally obese let's say he was eight years old and 15 pounds overweight and she was absolutely concerned that he was diabetic send him out of the room and say hey listen I'm really concerned. Let's get some blood work going. I'm very concerned that his weight could be causing medical issues. But instead of being like, he's a fat fatty in front of him, <laughs> like, and that's what happened to my clients. Like doctors would say, you know, the, the parents would start talking to them about going, going on diets at, at a young age. And all that does is create disordered eating. You know, that's I don't know. Crazy. Did you ever go on a diet as a kid or a teenager? No, I mean, I don't remember. 
Um, I think the first diet I really remember was um, in college, uh, my senior year where we did the cabbage soup diet. <laughs> oh, gross. Did it work out um, for you? What? Did that work out for you? For that three days that I was, you know, I don't, it was silliness. Um, makes me think about my college girlfriends and want to laugh. Um, no, I mean, we did some stuff. Remember we did um, chromium picolinate was a dietary supplement that we took in high school because it told us to take it was supposed to like help you get lean or burn fat or something yeah Yeah. i'd like to competitive weightlifting. do you remember that yeah five minutes yeah i think i saw myself as such an athlete and i think because we worked out all the time i don't think i thought of my weight you know i definitely felt sometimes bigger which is so funny right because you look back i was a cheerleader i was in basketball i was in volleyball track like i didn't have a weight issue Right. It was just, I think from all those comments from when I was a kid made me feel different and bigger than other people. I, could you imagine like the way that the younger generation see, doesn't see this this way. Like they're definitely, well, I don't know if you see that, but I do, I feel like because of the clothes that are being worn by all shapes and sizes that they're definitely more there. It seems like they are less self-conscious. I think because they've been right, a beauty standard is social. It's a social construct. And so because everyone can wear everything and at all different shapes are celebrated, I don't think there's as much shame surrounding them. I mean, I love there are some so many things I love about Gen Z and Gen A. And I I love their oh, I just think they're such loving souls. Or maybe I don't know if if you're getting that from your kids, but I feel like my kids are so accepting and so loving and they're so like, oh, you know. Um, There's no judgment. Yeah, like they're There's they no, have a lot of friends who are non-binary. Well, they have a lot I shouldn't of friends. Say, who, and and I it's think not it's, even anything. But I think it's because of who they're around in a lot of ways. And it's because of who their families are or whatever. Because I do think there are kids that are around adults, particularly parents who might be critical of things. And they've, as they get older, they take on that trait and are very critical of others. Um, And I think it's not as accepted. And so that's the, my, and just for my, I guess I can only speak to my particular children, um, that that is the minority, no longer the norm. And that that would be like, oh, look at the unaccepting person. Right. Versus I like agree. You said, the way we grew up, it was very judgy. I felt like we grew up in a very heterogeneous, you know, area going to Catholic school. And then Notre Dame was like, super like, I don't know. I thought it was right? liberal like, compared to where we grew up. Um, you did. Yeah, I did. Okay. I did. You thought it was um, liberal. What my... was liberal about it for you? <laughs> you didn't have to wear a uniform. <laughs> no, my, um, whatever that was freshman or sophomore religion teacher was not Catholic. Oh. And, um, it was amazing. So there was that. So maybe I you saw, you were like, religious. it looks really crazy. If there was one person on campus that wasn't Catholic, <laughs> it blew my mind. <laughs> um, well, and I might, uh, no, because my freshman sem was oppression. So we read like Malcolm X and, you know, just a lot of things where I feel like it, there was a lot of, conversations and a lot of um classwork that I felt was much more open-minded than where I came from I felt like like I was always wanting to push boundaries and be different 
And when we went to college, I felt like I climbed back in a mold. I totally will go with you there. I do think in hindsight, going to Notre Dame was extremely vanilla in a lot of ways. You did, everybody would just sort of was the same thing, right? Like everyone wore the same clothes and shopped at the same places. And um, yeah, that, you know, I didn't think about that before, but that's a really like unappealing part about my experience in hindsight was that. Um, But I ended up um, being on, so I ended up taking like a lot of gender studies classes. And I think that's when I started change, make, you know, the feminist in me really started coming out and, um, but see, they offered that. It's not like they didn't offer relations. Yeah, no, but I, I joined like the gender relations committee because they were like, there are all these students that are just hooking up, but like men and women are, are not friends and not interacting because they had such a high percentage of kids that were coming from single sex schools. Um, and so I was on like gender relations and I was reading all these books and like, you know, really, so I think the education is there and anytime you have the ability. So my, I think Notre Dame going there for me changed my life because it exposed me to things I never would have been exposed to. I ended up studying abroad. It opened my eye, right? That's why I'm a lifelong learner. And I love books because just reading books and being inspired by other teachers and professors, um, sparked more for me in life you know, but when we are talking specifically about, you know, body image and, and body compassion and looks and judging and all of that, I think from that perspective, I very much wanted to look like everybody else. Yeah. You know, but how do you, and how can we, you know, make that shift to loving our body and having compassion for our bodies? And, and, and what do you do? I think this is part of practicing mindfulness is, is um, also learning to love your body, right? For what it is. And definitely it's got to be some lifelong work to just appreciate who you are. And I do think as you get older, that's the part that is, goes into the fun part about aging in some way, because, you know, everybody ages. And I think you get to the point where you learn to love. I feel like you learn to love your body. Did you ever ask our grandmother lived to be 90? three. And mm-hmm. I wonder if she loved her body, you know, oh, I talked to her about it a lot. I talked to her about it and it's so interesting. So she was tickled pink. She was, she was like losing weight into her nineties. And I remember mom and I took her shopping and we got her like a medium cardigan. And she was like, oh, I'm a medium. And, <laughs> um, I was talking to her about it and you know, she lost, our grandmother was one of 11, 11 or yeah. 12. Not 12 and possibly 12. And she outlived all but two. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she watched her sisters die. And she told me that, um, when she was growing up, um, our great grandpa would say, eat while you can, because you don't know when you won't be able to eat anymore. And her one sister had stomach cancer. And so she had to watch her sister lose the ability to eat. And her other sister, um, sorry, I wish I knew everyone's names. I, I know their children, but anyway, she watched her other sister die of cancer as well and and um, not be able to nourish herself and wither away. And so we, we had those talks about like, it's all so stupid, right? Like she didn't, 
love her body. She was very, she was, she was big chested. She was the only one of all the sisters. They said she got all the boobs. <laughs> so she was the only one that had the big boobs. And so she said, you know, how silly that we, you know, spend this time about our bodies when you, right. You could be in a position uh, where you can else. no longer nourish your body. And I think yeah. that happened for me with aunt Jean, when aunt Jean got cancer, right? Like she was weight watchers and dieting like her whole life. And then I don't know, it just makes you think again, this is all so stupid, right? It's so stupid, right? Like if you can get up and move your body, love your freaking body. And how can we practice that compassion and gratitude instead of it's, getting wrapped up in this stupid stuff? Like, am I a small or a large? You I know? think that's a great way to wrap up this discussion, you know, is at the end of the day, there's more to life than your physical body and appearance, right? It's about personal connection. It's about, you know, taking care of yourself. Um, and maybe part of, you know, that sort of body image piece is trying to really get, put it and give it a different perspective where it's less important. It is less important. And maybe that is why you well, get older. Yeah, it I is. Think we, I think you can start that by that's how you're going to compliment people. I'm going to start really noticing all of these characteristics of other people. Instead of looking at their hair and their nails, I'm going to look at them. I'm going to think, what are some great things about that person? And I also think like we've talked about, do you show respect to your body? Are you comfortable with your body? And how can you appreciate the different and unique characteristics of your body? I think that's a great way to look at it, Jess. Way to sum it up. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow us on ChasingBrighter.com or on YouTube at ChasingBrighter or on Instagram at ChasingBrighter.